evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Sky Shout Radio Podcast for Sunday, December 15, 2019. Now, my voice may sound familiar, but it certainly is not Murray's voice. Murray L. Riley Jr., who is the principal host of the podcast. This is a senior panelist, Michael S. Wilbekin. I'm filling in for Murray as he is currently out on um, delay. He is currently on projects and on travel, and I am filling in for him this evening. And we apologize for the late delays again with the holidays coming up, the Christmas travels, Christmas shopping, you all know and are going through it. Um, I went through it earlier today, this afternoon, and traffic is no joke here in New York City. And I'm sure in Murray's home area in South Carolina, it's pretty much the same thing. Ten days left to go before Christmas. And thus we're coming down to the final home stretch of the holiday preps. And we hope everybody is staying safe during their holiday shopping, their holiday parties, and soon-to-be holiday gatherings, hopefully with families and friends. However, what a week that we've been having here in the news. And this will be a very short version of Sky Shot Radio Podcast since I am filling in. And it's just a week in review and we pretty much know what the week in review is and what's been um and what's been happening in the world of news here. Um and it's all focuses on impeachment. So we have our um pretty much three topics focusing on what's been on the impeachment. We have the heading get ready for impeachment. We know that I have said that many times on the podcast um, pages of Sky Shout Radio Podcast and in Point of Concern. And we are coming um, towards that point when impeachment is inevitable. We also have as a topic entitled Something Shady. And this um, involves one of the congressional members um, in the House of Representatives, and it raises serious questions about this person's involvement in the, um, in the House. We'll get to that in a moment. And a third topic entitled, More to Come. And this is based on um, this Sunday's episode of Meet the Press that is on NBC and MSNBC, hosted by Chuck Todd, where he had a bunch of um, great panelists on, and they, too, were focusing on the pending impeachment of Donald Trump and what is coming up in the Senate trial. The Senate, as you know, is controlled by the GOPs, in which the party, for some reason, has been bending over backwards, trying to defend and cover up for the current president, Donald Trump, who is really facing a slew 
of charges. But let's begin with the um, the impeachment. That after weeks of back and forth, uh, back and forth arguing amongst the two political parties in the live public impeachment hearings, the House Judiciary Committee last week approved two articles of impeachment against Donald Trump, namely abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, which is synonymous with obstruction of justice. The articles now go to the full House of Representatives for a vote as to whether Trump is to be formally charged as such, hence making it all but certain that with Democrats having House majority and control, Donald Trump will become the third president in U.S. history to be formally impeached and having to stand trial in the Senate currently under GOP control, and hence raising concerns amongst those advocating impeachment and removal of Trump, where many fears the Senate GOPs are already preconceived to let Trump off the hook. Democrats brought forth these charges after presenting evidence and testimony supporting and warranting such necessary action. But Trump and the GOPs, however, continue to claim it's a hoax, it's a witch hunt, it's fake news, and amongst other unsubstantiated claims, but not once presenting any bit of evidence, any exculpatory evidence to back up their claims despite the numerous opportunities and even invitations by Democrats to do so that not only do they denounce the proceedings, but also decline to take part in these proceedings to possibly present a solid defense. So the main question here is, how can Trump and the GOPs persist on defending what is turning out to be the undefendable, unless there's more to this than what we know and if there is more to this than what we know, who else is involved? And that's why I'm pretty much stumped here myself, because how is it that one can keep making this claim and that claim of it being a hoax, of being a witch hunt, but you're not showing me, you're not showing me America, and I'm sure everyone listening, can echo what I'm saying here. You haven't shown us how this is a witch hunt. You haven't shown us how um, this is a hoax. And what's amazing is that these people making these claims were invited by Democrats to partake in this, show us, present any exculpatory evidence that might clear up this matter. You refuse to take part. You you refuse to present anything, but what we're supposed to take your word verbatim, just like that, and you're going to claim that the procedure and the investigation and the impeachment is not fair? I don't get that. We have never, never, ever operated in that kind of fashion. Even when you go back to the days of attending school and there's a dispute or, heaven forbid, there's a fight. 
Who's the one that's at fault? You're going to say person B is at fault or person A is at fault. And you're coming to me, Michael Wilberton, to be the arbitrator of this matter. Why should I take person A's word over B? Why should I take person B over A? You need witnesses. You need evidence to back up your claim. And what we see here in these impeachment proceedings is that the Democrats have presented the witnesses and they have presented the evidence that warrant the articles of impeachment, which is, um, let me see if I get this right, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, as I have um, stated in this opening statement. Now, of course, the Dem, I'm sorry, the Republicans want to claim there's no evidence whatsoever of this or that, and the Democrats just could not produce the evidence. Now, we've seen this kind of game before on the part of Republicans, that when they hold up, say, back in the day of holding up a jobs bill, that um, since they want to keep bringing up um, President Barack Obama's record, yeah, Obama and Democrats presented a jobs bill, but held up by the Senate or even held up by, at the time, the GOP-led House. But yet they're going to pander to the public and pander to the media saying, Mr. Obama, where are the jobs? But the answer is, it's sitting right on your desk, but you've been hiding it or putting it on hold and not putting it on the floor to a vote. The same thing has been going on in the Senate while Obama was in office, and then now while Trump is in office, that Senate Mitch McConnell is just pandering and being a sidekick Trump instead of being um, a senator for his constituents and doing the work for the people. We have a problem here in which GOPs have apparently pledged allegiance to Mr. Trump and defying their oaths of service, which they pledge allegiance to this nation. That's very, very serious stuff. And it leads to what I would say something shady. Now, we already know that the GOPs have been pretty shady, especially with their bizarre behavior and covering up for Trump but then at the same time, engaging in, oh, goodness gracious, engaging in unlawful activities, unethical activities, particularly when it comes to whistleblower protection. They want to keep getting the whistleblower's identity. They want to keep bringing in the whistleblower. They want to know the whistleblower's name. And Adam Schiff, the chairman of the Judiciary um, I'm sorry, not the Judiciary, the Intelligence Committee, the House Intelligence Committee. He kept saying what the law is. The Democrats kept saying what the law is, and they also kept saying that Mr. Trump had um, jeopardized the safety of the whistleblower and even put a threat 
on this whistleblower's life, suggesting what mobsters do to those that turn against them. So, you know, why? how else can you not honor the law and protect the whistleblower? But Republicans don't want it that way. And, like, what is they looking to do to the whistleblower? The same thing that mobsters do to those that testify against them? This is insane here. So what happens with this something shady? Well, during the seventh impeachment hearing, where Dr. Fiona Hill and David Holmes testified, Democratic Rep. Democratic Representative Eric Swalwell, in questioning Mr. Holmes, addressed the issue where convicted Giuliani associate Lev Parnas. Now, Mr. Parnas was an associate of Rudy Giuliani, the same Rudy Giuliani that was mayor of New York City. And I'll never forget that. The same Rudy Giuliani that is said to be the personal attorney of Donald Trump. The associate Lev Parnas is said to have had ties and contacts with one of the GOPs in Congress, that the, that GOP, and we mentioned it before in the podcast, Devin Nunes. And in this, Devin Nunes is said to have been involved in attempts to dig up dirt on Hunter Biden, and is much more involved, in fact, implicated in this Ukraine scandal that we've previously known the incriminating evidence being phone records. So the same Devin Nunes, who is the House Judiciary GOP ranking member, and who is on record repeatedly characterizing these hearings as a circus, as a fraud, and echoing the more familiar scripted adjectives put forth by Trump and his GOP in the circle themselves. That Representative Swalwell brought up both Giuliani's name and especially Nunes's name frequently in this hearing and blasted the GOP rep, the GOP ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee for undermining these proceedings and being totally misleading in the process that even public opinion raised eyebrows as seen in social media blogs and newspapers, readers' letters, particularly letters to the editor, um, and so many words repeatedly questioning how Mr. Nunes, instead of recusing himself from these uh, proceedings given the circumstances, sits on the committee questioning witnesses continuously pushing the Trump-favorite false narratives while knowingly and willingly keeping his suspected criminal acts relevant to the case at hand secretive. This has now led to a separate Democratic-led House probe where Nunes may face identical fate as Trump is facing or maybe even worse. 
as raised by progressive talk radio host and American historian Tom Hartman, there is a potential for newness to face incarceration. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Newness could be facing jail time. But see, here's a major question here. We have a chorus of GOPs behaving in the same fashion. Newness is not the only congressional GOP who has repeated these false narratives set forth by Trump and who has bent over backwards defending Mr. 45, 45 being Trump, the 45th president of the United States, defending him with falsehoods and unsubstantiated claims. He has now been exposed, he being Newness, now being exposed that his one secretive involvement with Giuliani associate partners on Trump's behalf is now seen as motive for deceiving Congress and compromising this investigation and series of investigations, if I may add. Major question is how many other congressional GOPs, if any, out of allegiance to Trump, also have a critical factor in hiding, also presenting a conflict of interest. Just how many other GOPs may be in Congress, in the House, or in the Senate, that are secretly engaging in these criminal, unethical, unlawful activities, whatever they may be. Could it be identical to newness? Could it be something else? But it's indeed a conflict of interest, and it does compromise the integrity of these investigations. It, it, I mean, it really does, and it gives one notion that someone is definitely trying to fix the outcome of such stuff, and newness would have motive to it because he has something to gain from his um, involvement as well as trying to assist Trump. And when you look at it, I know we talked about this on the podcast before too, is that how big is this Trump crime regime? I know I've said it, and others have said it, looking at this as an organized crime regime. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in really serious stuff here. No joke whatsoever. So only thing I can say is, as I said before, we keep our eyes and ears open as to what's coming up. Because, as I stated, the House Judiciary Committee have agreed to and passed two articles of impeachment. And the articles are supposed to go to a full House of Representatives. All right? Um, and that's supposed to take place this coming week with certain um with certain for Donald Trump to become um impeached. In fact that leads to the next um topic here. More to come. Now this focuses on, as I said earlier, um 
Sunday's Meet the Press on today, December 15, 2019. Moderator Chuck Todd with his guest panelists and they're analyzing this week's impeachment developments and predicting what's to come. We're pretty much in agreement that despite the all but certain impeachment in the Democratic controlled House of Representatives and the all but certain acquittal in the GOP controlled Senate, that we have not heard the last of these hearings and investigations, that they are certain to move on to additional chapters and new hearings being warranted. Prime example, the exposure of GOP House Ranking Member Devin Nunes sitting on the House Judici- on the House Intelligence Committee while secretly engaging in the Ukraine scandal on Trump's behalf. And that may just be the beginning of what's more to come. The panel with Todd did point out that if indeed Trump is given a pass by Senate GOPs, that Trump and the same GOPs may not necessarily have the last laugh as the time between the impeachment trial conclusion and the 2020 elections will be considerably great, whereas additional revelations against Trump and or other GOPs may likely come forth, making the aforementioned even more vulnerable, whereas both the White House and the Senate are equally large 2020 election contests. And such revelations can have a significant effect on voters and voter turnout, where they, the voters, will likely and ultimately bang the gavel like a judge by pulling the lever on election day. So, though the Meet the Press panel and the hosts have a point there, Now, who else among the GOPs are vulnerable in 2020 and why? Now, although that I am giving the week in review, I encourage all those that are listening to this and who are members of the Sky Shout radio podcast um, group pages on Facebook, please visit the page. And you can feel free to answer this question of, who do you think is among the GOPs that are vulnerable in 2020? And just give a brief statement why as to refresh everybody's um, recollection and memory as to um, how they put themselves in such a predicament. Some people may argue that Susan Collins, the GOP senator in Maine, they found her largely responsible for the controversial now Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh getting on the bench, getting on the Supreme Court. And already there have been some Supreme Court rulings that do not sit well with a lot of um, the American people, per se, ever since he got on the bench. There are other people, like certainly Mitch McConnell, who could be vulnerable given his allegiance to Trump and his betrayal 
of oath and service to his constituents and the American people. There could be a whole bunch of others. As you know, the Senate um, GOP's seats are up for grabs big time. There are some House seats that may be up for grabs, but not enough to um, flip um, control of the House. And the way things are looking since 2018 and this past 2019 elections, the blue wave is on the rise because these elections are showing to be a referendum against um, Donald Trump and largely his inner circle. That I would go on record in saying that the GOPs in the Senate, if not just in the House, but certainly in the Senate, that side with Trump and bending over backwards and making these unfounding, um, unfounding statements to try to exonerate Trump, despite the overwhelming evidence of criminal wrongdoing and pretty much treasonous actions on Mr. Trump's part, um, they are bound to lose a lot. Don't forget, there is as much as 23 or 24 um, Senate seats from the GOPs that are up for re-election, that are up for grabs, and there are some of those GOPs that are retiring, that choosing not to um, run for re-election because they fear the agony of losing given the circumstances. Some people say you reap what you sow. That's very true. But keep in mind also that it only takes only up to three or four Senate seats to flip majority, excuse me, majority and control back to the Democrats. So three or four Senate seats out of the 23 or 24 um, Senate seats that are held by GOP just need to flip the Congress, I mean, flip the Senate and control back to the Democrats. And when I see this blue wave, I sense it's going to be a big turnout given how upset and angry the American people are at Trump because of his um, foreign, unethical, and perhaps unlawful actions, as well as um, issues on the domestic side in which the Democrats in the House have not addressed much, I can only suggest and hope that they will be addressed later on to build even a bigger case against Trump. Don't forget, Democrats said they are the ones, and they're showing it, who can walk a chew gum at the same time. So while they have impeachment uh, pending against Trump, clearly for these um, these foreign activities, his foreign policies, soliciting assistance to cheat in the 2020 elections, and for many, substantiate the Mueller report and proof that he did it in 2016 with the help of Russia. Um, 
There's also domestic issues, such as the Charlottesville, the ongoing um, gun massacres, in which he wants to trivialize mental illness and just keeps inciting violence on his base. And the gun um, terrorism, the gun massacres that have, that have gone on, a lot of them have come from his base or those that have been heavily influenced by his rhetoric. So you know that is bound to be coming up shortly. And even one Michael Bloomberg, who also was former mayor of New York City and who has had um, a little bit of trouble past himself, he makes issue of how Trump has divided this nation and how he has brought chaos. That with Michael Bloomberg, his two words was, I'm sorry, but Trump's two words, fake news. You can compare and contrast between the two. It could come down that it could be Bloomberg versus Trump. Who knows? But you cannot escape the injustices on both the foreign level and the domestic level that Trump has brought about to this nation. American and non-American, even to the point we have young children who are too young to understand the dynamics of prejudice and hate, that they are now victims of such atrocities, being separated from their parents, from their families, surrounded by strangers who are just mocking them and terrorizing them and subjecting them to unbearable living conditions that not even the worst of animals would be subjected to. This is total, total outrage. And I say again, where are the pro-lifers in this? And Lord knows I've had arguments with so-called pro-lifers that want to change the narrative and try to take the radar off of Trump's um, criminality, if I can call it that. And I wasn't about to let that happen. We as a nation and even the world must keep focus on the injustices that are going on and keep putting our foot down, keep taking a stand, demanding that um, those committing these atrocities be brought to justice, be brought um, to be held accountable and do not let their side try to change the narrative. Because I got to tell you, somebody that want to keep bringing up abortions to try to change the narrative of Trump's wrongdoing is just as bad as somebody when it comes to um, discussing the police abuse or the shooting of unarmed people of color they want to say, don't talk about that, talk about black-on-black crime. It's a stunt that is constantly being done by the GOPs, and we must not fall for that. So I would say that Meet the Press moderator Chuck Todd and his panelists do have a point there that, you know, with the American people and others keeping a sharp eye on these GOPs, there's 
ongoing protests. There's ongoing people speaking out by way of Twitter, by way of social media, Facebook, um, Instagram, you name it. There's the podcast that's going on, like what we're doing, and other um, broadcast um, talk radio that people are being informed. And when you look at the polls, there's increasing um, support for impeachment and warranting removal of Mr. Trump. And let's make this note also that although Donald Trump is likely to be the third president being impeached in the history of this nation, he is the first, he will be the first impeached president that um, faces charges and reasons that are foreign related. The previous two presidents that were impeached that, um, or even faced impeachment, let's make it the previous three presidents, that's Andrew Johnson, right? And we, I'm going to throw Richard Nixon into the mix also, although he had resigned before there was even an, impeach, um, an impeachment vote that would have been a certain impeachment and perhaps a certain removal from office. But Nixon resigned uh, prior to getting to that um, getting to that level, getting to that area. And then, of course, we have Bill Clinton uh, with a highly politicized impeachment orchestrated by Republicans for nonsense reasons, reasons that should never have come to impeachment to begin with. But that, too, was on the domestic front. And then now we lead up to Trump, that he will be the first president um, to be impeached for foreign-related matters. So that's something for everyone to take note of here. All right? So um, that pretty much wraps up the Week in Review. I am Michael Wilberkin. I am the senior panelist of Sky Shout Radio Podcast, filling in for Murray L. Riley Jr., your regular host, who, again, is out on travels and pretty much in delays right now when it comes to the traveling. Hope that he and his um, wonderful wife um, are doing okay and encouraging everyone, encouraging him, um, be careful in the holiday travels. Hey, Murray, this one's for you. <laughs> and before I sign off, let me remind you that next week, December 22nd, will be the last Sky Shout Radio Podcast show for the year of 2019. As we close off, this will be a fun-filled show um, being festive, celebrating the upcoming Christmas holidays and counting down to the new year, 2020, in which when we open back up, which will be on the Sunday after the new year. Just one moment as I will look up what that date is. The Sunday after the new year is, drum roll please, it will be January the 5th, January 5th, 2020, unless 
your host and moderator, Murray Riley Jr. says otherwise. So we'll be off for a few weeks to enjoy the holidays with our families, and we hope that you will enjoy the holidays with your loved ones as well. Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and, of course, the new year. So what's going to happen next week as we bring the year to a close? Like I said, it'll be a festive um, Christmas gathering. We're going to make it a real fun show, talking Christmas, maybe doing um, a brief year in review, maybe on the humorous side. I do have a Christmas holiday joke, but I will say for next week. So we want everyone to um, leave the Sky Shout Radio podcast with a very happy mood, very happy note. Um, we dealt with several several conflicts in the news, and no doubt that some of this stuff will come up in discussion. But on the light side, we will um, engage in perhaps humorous talk that not only will bring about laughter, but also uh, make significant points as well. Might have a song from yours truly, as I do love to sing. I am very much into karaoke, as you probably heard last year, and we have discussed with Murray on that as well. And then, of course, it's the big Sky Shout um, Radio Podcast Panelist of the Year that Murray has been promoting. And if you go to the um, the Facebook group page of Sky Shout Radio Podcast, you will see the five um, finalists and selections. Just go in there and cast your vote. Um, and I think he said that the voting will close out on December the 20th so as there could be a final tally and a winner be announced next week. And Murray himself will be the one monitoring his votes and his tallies. I have nothing to do with this. Um, with the tallying, but um, you will see the five finalists that are on there and a particular uh, name on there. Yes, I'm one of those that are in the finalists, but um, take a look and cast your votes, all right? This is how democracy works and puts it good into practice because this is, like I said, just the panelists of the year, but the most important votes come in November, especially of 2020. So that is it for um, this Sunday of Sky Shout Radio Podcast. This was a special abbreviated version, Week in Review. I am Michael S. Wilberkin, senior panelist, Pinch hitting for the regular host and moderator, Murray Riley Jr. We hope to have him back next week. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, as I close off, reminding you all, please stay safe during your holiday travels, um, especially when it comes to pending, any pending inclement winter weather that might be going on in some of your local areas. Exercise caution, stay in peace, stay in love, and whatever you do, try to be good to one another. 
do good to comment to your common brothers and sisters. This is the holiday time. This is the Christmas season where put aside all differences or at least try to and just give that simple happy holidays or Merry Christmas to a fellow human being and let your hearts lift up and you can have that breathing that fresh air and have that nice warm feeling even though it's cold outside. So Michael Wilberkin here wishing you nothing but peace and love and we'll see you next week on the Sky Shout Radio Podcast. Good night, everybody.